You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it. Product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts. So, let's say you're into yoga or Pilates. Or maybe you dabble in gymnastics like me. Either way, you know being flexible is key to doing what you love. That's why Smoothie King created this stretch and flex smoothie for people like us. With whole fruits and organic veggies, plus type 2 collagen. Make it part of your daily fitness routine to support flexibility and joint health. So try the stretch and flex smoothie in tart cherry or pineapple kale. Order online today for pickup or delivery. Smoothie King, rule the day. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Oh, that's a cheer we used to do in softball. Uh, what? It's, uh, actually Geico. Whenever someone hit a triple, we would wave our bats and yell, 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. But we never got to use it because we would only hit home runs. Annoying. The phrase is from Geico because they help save people money? Geico? Yeah, they were our team sponsor. Geico. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Fatback 480. It is Thursday. I can't remember what day it is. I do this every night, but I really, really, really can't. This show, of course, is brought to you by Paddy Power. Paddy Power is a boogies. It's an app. It's a website. It's all them things for your sport, your football, your LFC day trippers, specials, whatever it is. Um, Phil is just wreck me intro uh, and you can, and the people can't even hear it. They just think I'm mad. Uh, but no, look, it's, it's an app. It's a, it's a website. It's it's all those things. If you gamble, gamble responsibly. Try with Paddy Power. That's your intro. Um, of course, now you know who's with me. Phil, how are you? I'm fine. Okay. The next time you do that, Phil, I'm going to have to make you redundant. Um, <laughs> but listen, tonight on the show, uh, we're gonna. I, I'll have a little look back at Salzburg because I want Phil's views on it. Uh, we done it with Damo last night. It was a really good show. I want to look at that. I want to talk to you, Phil, about goalkeepers. Um, Adrian in particular. I want to have a look at the rotation of the squad because you said something to me today that kind of. I, I, I kind of thought, oh yeah, that's interesting to talk about. And also the block of games up right up with Man City and how good Liverpool could be or what, how, what position they could be in come that game. <laughs> Fuck off. Mm-hmm. Uh, come here, first things first though, with the Salzburg game last night, I know we won the game, um, we looked a bit edgy at times, we, I thought we were very <laughs> lax, uh, when we were 3-1 up. Uh, but a couple of players I know caught your eye and not in the right way, but overall feelings on a Phil. Look, it's, it was a result. That's about the best feeling I can have from it. We we seemed, and it's something that's cropped in over the last three or four games. Well, I don't think he's rotating the, the squad very well. I think he's got he's car- he, he needs to move players around a bit more. Um, I know he brings Gomez in last night, but apart from that, it's more or less the same lads that are playing week in week out, and we are starting to see this drop off around the fifty-five, sixty-minute mark in all the games. And it's, it doesn't have to be physical fatigue. It can also be mental fatigue as well, where lads aren't quite sure, do we hold, do we go for it, what do we do? And they start to get caught in, in between in terms of what's there. Um, and then you have a few a few dodgy performances thrown in, and you've got this axis that's appearing now on the right-hand side when Gomez and Trent appear in the team together. So it's like the, there's just a few things that seem to be that, that Salzburg picked at, and a bit like... Uh, an open wound you know other teams might be looking at it saying geez there might be an opportunity to get in here if we follow the same game plan yeah no like and for me I was talking to Andy about it today and Andy was saying he's, he's slightly worried at the way we're playing um, we're, we're, and by that I think he means we're becoming a bit open whereas last season we, we looked rock solid I think it was 18 19 goals or something conceded in the league it was ridiculous but I, I tried to make the point to Andy that Andy look at, at, at nil all 1 nil 2 nil 3 nil even 3 1 we're playing really really well we're pressing well we're winning the ball back we've oceans of space on how wide and we, and we make that count but it just seems something where I'll put it this way Phil if we're 1 nil up in that game after 70 minutes I'm not worried <laughs> 
mm. you know that kind of way because the intensity is there people are doing their jobs the way they're meant to be done I just find when we get 2-3-1 and three, one up instead of slowing it down and playing and passing the ball and holding on to it where openings will happen it just mm. naturally will because we're we're turning out teams we seem to go forward as half a team and the other half don't know whether to follow with them or stay back and we kind of get caught in a bit of no man's land and we our management of the game suffers because of it yeah, I suppose. Well, well, Gav, let's be honest. But it, it just seems a bit all over the place. Like we, we, we've vaunted Fabinho as the best defensive midfielder the earth has ever seen um, at this point, right? Yeah, we're conceding. We seem to be conceding more goals per games than we did this time last year when he wasn't on the side, and that's not a slight in Fabinho. I just, I just think we're very disjointed. I think if when it goes right, we look amazing, and. Even last night when we attacked well, we looked absolutely world-beaten in terms of what we could do. And yet, we can go to the pure abject levels of just fellas running through us and not being stopped. And you're looking at it going, how is that happening? How can how can we stop nearly anything that comes at us for 40 minutes or 50 minutes of the game? And then for 40 minutes, it's just, it's it's like a knife through butter. Like it's it's so easy for us to come, for them to come through. And they seem to be targeting around the edges. Try, teams are trying to explain, exploit the gaps that, are being left by Trent and Robertson and then they're looking to sort of get two V1s on the centre halves and the centre backs and try you know, although Adrian is doing very well, I know you want to get on and talk about them. They know it's not Allison and goal. You know what I mean? So there's there's that bit that well if we can get in behind them we might be able to get a goal because your man will let one in three and said you're fella who only gets one into ten in. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I know that. Like, Mick on the chat says, some players seem to be getting too comfortable in their positions and they're in pressure to perform. Would you agree with that? Because as soon as a big game comes up, you can nearly name the team. Back four, midfield three of Wijnaldum, Henderson, Fabinho and the front three. Could that be a, could there be a point in that? Now, I'm, I'm, I don't want to make a massive thing of this. We're, we're flying. But could it be a little case of that where these players know I'm going to be in there when the big game comes? Definitely with the front three. Oh well, that's that's a given. But I think the midfield, I think the midfield dictates the way we play. You know that kind of way, and and the tempo we play, and how how compact and stuff we are. So the midfield is probably the one I'm looking at when I ask that question. Well, like this time last year, he was moving. He moved the midfield around more. He was playing, changing, chopping up a lot more. We didn't know who was starting what in what games, and and who was likely to start in other games. He was always looking to find a way to get Milner into the side. Um, you, you know, you look at it and you say. Could he have played Ox last night? Could he have maybe done something slightly different? Does he give Kate a run at some point? Do you know what I mean? He's talked him up and he's saying, okay, well, at some point he has to do it. Now, is he going to do it against Leicester? Everyone, if you're going to, if you ask anyone who, what team they're going to pick with the exception of Massive coming in for Gomez, everyone's picking the exact same team that played last night. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. I, I just think that there could be a bit more changing going on and it might just freshen up legs and just give a few lads a few things to think about and say, oh, right. I need to keep performing at the high level that I have been to, to keep my spot on the team or to be in, to make sure that I'm on, on it for the big games. But the flip is, I'll go back to the front three. You know, people are having a go at Salah's um, form at the moment because it hasn't been earth shatteringly brilliant yet. At the same time, he scores two goals last night. He's the man for the big moment again. When we needed the goal, when the chips are down, he's the one that pops up and scores it. Um, you've got Mane doing great stuff for the first 20, 25 minutes that was there. And the Firmino doing his Firmino thing. And as, like, I know I said it to you last night, but the amount of times he gives away the ball is mad. It's mad. If it, you is, look at the game, it is it's mad how often he gives it away. And, like, uh, I agree with you on last night because Firmino is the man looking for that little one-touch in behind. And, you know, maybe he gets played into when he's looking for that run-off, Salah or Mane. And you see the front but when of the you're up, you, when no, you're when you, up, you can just settle back and just start to retain That's possession. where I was going to go with it because... At 3-0, instead of trying that, he if he takes the ball and instead of trying to one-touch flick or, or touch off to somebody, take two or three touches, come back out, play it back to your Fabinho or, you know, or a Wijnaldum or a Trent or a Robbo, whoever is around. You know that kind of way? Yeah. And like that, you just tired them out. you just constantly tired them out. Can you hack it? The LFC says we need to relax. Everyone's losing their minds with a team that very rarely lose. What more can they do? No, I'm, uh, listen, I'm not, I'm not knocking Liverpool's style of play. I'm not knocking the way they've performed so far. They've been excellent so far. But you don't want to give anybody a little chink of chink of light as to how to play against us. Although, having said that, I think Brendan Rodgers coming to Anfield on Saturday, encouraged by what he's seen on Wednesday night, plays right into our hands. You know, it's just, that I think that's how it works for us. But I think you're right, Phil. Firmino, the other night, or last night, sorry, I, I agree with you. I th- he, was tr- he was trying to do too much in a period where 
we didn't need to do it. Salah was probably the same. But can you, to, to finish up on it, do you see this being an ongoing thing or was it just one of those nights, Phil? Because you can't really hold it against this side over the last 12, 18 months that they, they go and do things like this because they genuinely don't. And they genuinely don't in the Champions League, bizarrely though, isn't it? Like, if you think we lost the Red Star Belgrade in the group stage last year, mm. we lost to Napoli away, we drew, a, we drew, um, with PSG away, we seem to be, we seem to do mad things in the group when it looks like we should cakewalk a group easy and make it more difficult for ourselves. Um, and I, I suppose there is that joke that Liverpool find a way to make it hard when, when, when they should easily walk through, and that's always been the way for the last, even when Rafa was there. But look, um, should we lose? I don't think there's anyone losing. I think I think there's fair um, comment being made and the performances that we're seeing in front of us. But when you stand back and and take a take a draw a breath and look where we are and look what we're doing, it, you know there's, there's very little to argue with. Even when we're feeling ineligible players in the League Cup, we're getting away with just a fine and not getting kicked out of competition. So like that to me is it's great. Like you know what I mean, we've definitely bribed the right officials at this stage and we're taking all the right drugs so let's yeah. not get injured. Yeah, no, I was, I was waiting until um. Mad Phil arrived and now here he is. Um, <laughs> Mick says Mick says he feels the midfield need to be chipping in more rather than the front team being off form. Uh, yeah, there's a slight there's a slight point to that. I always see our midfield is just functional, and if they function to their absolute max, the the front three are allowed run run away. And when they're not functioning, the front three need to go and do a little bit more work, and it affects the team all the way through. So I, I'm happy with a functioning midfield. Don't get me wrong, I'd love to see Wijnaldum in mean, the goal scoring form and the creative form he's in for for Holland. I, I think Henderson gets a little bit of bad press because I believe he's trying to do two jobs, one in centre midfield and one on the right side to let Salah cheat the position he's playing in. Um, but that's just me. I could be wrong, but it's something I know it's nearly every game we play in. Um, I want to go on the goalkeeper's field. I really, really do because I'm just amazed at how well this guy is doing. And, you know, Alison will come, Alison most definitely will come back in. But before I do, um, I just want to give a shout out to, the Irish Cup, the Irish Cup uh, lads are doing a, it, it's a hoodie that I'm actually wearing it now, I'm not going to stand up and show it all over the place, but um, I'm... Have I'm, you got the hood up? Uh, no, I don't have the hood up, no, I only put the hood up when I'm walking the streets <laughs> late at night, uh, but... No, the Irish Cop have done this charity hoodie. Um, it's, it's a collaboration between th- themselves, the Jamie Carragher Foundation, and the Carragher. You look Spar- like a homeless version of your man, the bootlegger that's on Twitter, do you know that? With that, with those headphones on. Yeah, is he rich? No. No, well, fuck him then. Um, but, yeah, so the, between, between Jamie Carragher Foundation, uh, I will get through this field despite your best efforts. Sorry. It, it's between, the Jamie Carragher Foundation, Carragher's Bar in New York, and the Irish Cup. They they done a hoodie a while back, which was brilliant. But then they brought out this version of it. Um, they are making. I know they're making a a payment or a donation to the Jamie Carragher Foundation this week. Um, they've a load of spare tops left that aren't initials. You can get them personalised and initials, but they have got a load left that aren't initials. If you want to get onto them, and they look after you that way. Um, they're placing a new order next week um, with a second donation to go to the Jamie Car- Carragher Foundation. Um, in late October, they have a shipment going off to of these hoodies going off to New York and to Carragher's Bar for everyone uh, over in New York and stuff to buy them. They they, re- they, they retail here um, or they're sold by the lads at £45 or €50. Euros. All money, all profit going to the Jamie Carragher Foundation. Um, they start from five to six years um, up uh, up to triple XL, I think it is. Uh, but look, if you if you want to get involved with that, get onto the Irish Cop on Twitter. They give you all the details, and also a second little shout out to a company called Move. And um, they've just started up a Twitter account because these are the guys that are actually producing these for the lads at the Irish Cup. It's at the Move brand. If you want to go and look at their work, it's it's really pleasantly surprised at the quality of of, of what I've seen when when it arrived in the post yesterday. But um, that's just a quick shout out for them. Fifty. 50 euros or 45 pounds, um, all profits going to the Jamie Carragher Foundation. The lads have been working. You, you want to see the shipment of the stuff that you had. You had stuff like it was piles of them they were trying to get out, um, but they're really, really doing well. Um, Phil, uh, goalkeepers. Adrian comes in. I think you were happy with that. I just, I, I'm presuming you're more than happy with that. And, and there's a, there's a feel of confidence that already Allison will get back in when he, when he's fit in the next couple of weeks or whatever it may be. But you have a really really steady back up there, and it's not something we need to worry about like we have with our first team goalkeeper, I suppose. Um, you know, over the last four or five years. Yeah, like, are you making a cup of tea? 
Now, my other half is here to spike as much noise as you possibly can. Oh, right. okay. I thought you were making a cup of tea or rearranging, no, or rearranging the china. She's putting her wine, gla- wine glass away at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Right now. <laughs> go on, anyway. Goalkeepers. Uh, goalkeepers. So, yeah. Look, I've said it, we've said it loads of times, you know, Adrian is, is such a big upgrade on Mignolet. He's such an improvement on what we've had, um, as a backup. Um, I, I didn't have as many worries when Alisson did get injured in comparison. I did think there would be a difference and that we would probably score a few more goals, not score as many goals as we, as we, uh, not, not keep as many clean sheets as we did with Alisson because you don't take a world class player, put a fella in who's good but not as good as him, and see no impact at all. And I think it's been seen that we haven't kept as many clean sheets while he's got in there. I also think that the impact that we don't see, or isn't as obvious, is the impact that Alisson has on the overall defence. Like, when we talk about um, clean sheets, when we talk about the mistakes that are happening, Gomez, etc., 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 we're forgetting that the voice that was behind that him last year was Alisson. Right, we're forgetting that there was a reason why we hadn't conceded a goal in the at home in the Champions League since 1943. It's because Allison was there, and I think overall we got to look at this and and say the overall impact has is being carried very well. But as soon as he as soon as the big man is back, we can again expect another uplift in terms of goals being conceded and be even more solid than we are at the moment. And these worries, like those three odds and stuff that's happening, they're going to be less and less. And it's going to be more like what we expected to see last year. But in terms of a drop off, it's nowhere near as big as it was when we had to play Mini Lay and Goal. And it's great to to know that if if we have an injury like we've had and we I thought it'd be eight to twelve weeks and it looks like it's gonna be that way, that at least we can get through those spells relatively unscathed. Um, until he's back and fit, ready to play. Yeah, it's just you know we we went on about Mignolet for years, and and for me, I just felt every time he went on the pitch from a goal, I was like, Jesus Christ! Um, no matter how good we could play, this fella could just do something to ruin our day, and he did a hell of a lot of the time. Well, Adrian comes in, he had a shaky, he had a shaky moment last night. He tries to pass the ball out mm. and nearly gets intercepted. He always has one, Gav. He always has one in a game, right? And I, I'm always almost trying to encourage him to get it out of the way with the first two or three minutes, and then we know we're safe for the rest of the game because we just we don't know when it's going to happen. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, you do, but like I just can't understand. I think he gets a bit overconfident last night. He shapes, he just he does shape to put the ball along and then tries to be cute um, and giving it to Gomez. But you know, he he's. I want to ask you a question. Do you feel he could have done better for the second goal? The volley from the uh, box. He's not Allison, mate. You know what I mean? <laughs> do you think Allison saves I, it? Yeah, probably. Uh, but I think Mignolet let six goals in last night, so it's swings and roundabouts, you know what I mean? Mm, okay. Um, Mignolet, yeah, listen, forget it. You know what I mean? We're, we're, we're heading home very early if, if Mignolet is in goals, in my opinion. But no, look, we have to be happy with, with, um, with I suppose, the goalkeeper we have there. We have the, do you think he's the best goalkeeper in the world coming back in the next couple of weeks? Well, it depends on how he comes back. He will be. But like we've seen goalkeepers drop off a cliff. Like there's, there's Lorries since he had all those issues. He's mental, um, isn't after- he? After the World Cup, he's gone to absolute racking around. It's like, I don't know, it's like they're taking the, like he can't drink anymore and he just can't play football anymore because of it. You know, like when Tiger Woods couldn't do whatever he used to get up to before tournaments and he was absolutely rubbish for years and then he suddenly just magically is back to being good again. Like, you'd have to question what he was doing before the tournaments. Do you know what I mean? And like, you wonder, you look at Laurie's and you say, Maybe his nerves or something is gone. And then you look at the guy, like what the guy, like he gets his contract for five billion euros a week and he's just there going, this is great. I don't even have to try anymore. And I'm still going to Cronin up here. Might turn on the old, the, throw on the old performance here and there and it's bleeding rapid lights. You know what I mean? But I think Allison's going to take about three or four games to get up to, get up to the levels that he's expect. And it's just a case of, again, it's just a case of getting ourselves over the line. If he's back for the United match, it's a great game to come back in because I always remember when, when you come back from injury and, and, and you can see this with players, often the first game back is what you can expect after six to seven to ten games. And then there's a little fall off for the next two or three until they actually find that natural rhythm again. But when you come back with the adrenaline that you come back with after being injured, it's like the first game, you tend to put in a worldly performance that because you're just so hungry and so and, and just want to get back onto that pitch so much. So it's great, like, do you know what I mean? 
you know, like, do you know what the thing is with Loris? Like, Chris Brack says Loris always has big mistakes in him. Um, Mick is saying we still have the best, joint best defence in the league with Leicester. Yeah, we do. We absolutely do. But, um, you know, it's, the thing with Loris for me is, right, he always did have a mistake in him. Um, I thought when Sports signed him, I thought he's a fantastic signer. But watching him, year on year, he has got a mistake in him. But you know when fellas are, are like you said, after the World Cup, it all goes racking around for him. And you just think, if he, it's not like he's, you know, letting easy shots in. He's trying cries tones on the six yard line. He's, I know. He, he, his head is completely gone to the point where just kicking the ball far is not in his, is, is not in his mind at, at this stage. You know, I'll, I'll start doing cries tones. You know what I mean? That's how bad his head has gone uh, when it comes to Lloris. And sometimes as well, you've got, the, like, lads, their games don't, they haven't adapted their games. So as they get older, they might lose half a second of pace or something like that, particularly with goalkeepers because it's all about timing and, and knowing when to come off your line. And when before you were slightly quicker and you're able to get to things more, and you look like you're much more lively, as you do get older, you do lose that naturally enough, you know what I mean? And you look at Lloris, well, he's the wrong side of 30 now at this stage, right? And one of his big things was that he was such a good sweeper-keeper, like around the time Neuer was coming out, but he was always at the edge of the box and making mad things. He doesn't do that anymore. And any time he comes now, he seems to get caught by the striker, like fellas are going around him or he's caught with the ball at his feet or something like that, and it's completely different to the way he was before. So It's like, like he's gone into aeroplane mode, isn't it, like, like Mignolet? Yeah. Like, he genuinely, looking at him on the pitch sometimes, you're thinking, is he actually watching this game? You know, yeah. he's just standing there and he's drifting away, and then, oh, there's a ball coming through. I'll run out to it. Oh, fuck, your man's gone by me. Like, mad stuff. Like, um, when Alison Gelly injured, Jermaine Jenna said it wouldn't be as, it wasn't that big of a loss as it would be if City lost Ederson. Um, I don't agree with that at all. Um, and Jermaine Jenna is a fucking, ah, listen, I'm not even going into it, Mark Pundits. I can't, no, I can't, I can't stand him. He's not on the American channels over here, so I don't get to see what. Oh, yeah, yeah. Has Lorenzo hit Boston? No, it left Boston a while ago. It was it just left because we didn't make like the it's 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 on its way to Ireland at the moment. Yeah. Um, uh, it was on. I was looking at it on the Boston news, and they're very excited about it because it's even though it's a post tropical storm now, yeah, that it still could reach hurricane winds by the time it hits Galway and Kilkenny. Yeah, um, and it's heading towards London in time for Brexit. Yeah, I seen a I seen a post on our uh, Facebook today, and it was just it was just a sandwich, and I had on a if you've forgotten to go to the shops, this is for you forty quid. Uh, <laughs> I love that. Um, Do you know, honestly, Gav, I think people have just given up on these weather warnings. Do you remember when we had, when we had the red weather warning and it was breezy for like twelve minutes? Oh, I got sent home from work. It was um, it was a uh, storm. Ophelia. Ophelia, and I got yeah. sent home from work. And I got home from work and I looked out the window and I thought, I could go out and play golf with that. Easy. I know. I remember tweeting about that and then I, I remember getting like about five scorpion tweets going, do you know somebody died in that storm? And then I read about stories the next day and it was like a fella who'd got, decided to go for a swim off a pier in the middle of the storm. And yeah. I was like, hey, you do that? You know, you're, t- you're yeah. taking your, you're, you're basically rolling the dice. Genuinely, <laughs> jumping off a pier any time of the fucking year, you're taking your life in your hands. So, you know what I mean? Whether it's windy or not, or whether a feely is hanging about, I don't think that's an issue. Um, Mick says he'd bring Allison back in for the League Cup game against Arsenal. That's not a bad show. Get him back in, in, in a game where, I don't know if there's a lot riding on it. We tried to get thrown out of that cup for fuck's sake. Um, but we'll have to, we'll have to wait and see. Would you bring him back in for the League Cup game? Get a run out? Because like, I know you're a big fan of Kelleher. Yeah, but um, did he play? Kelleher played in the last game, didn't he? Yeah, he did. Yeah, he's making saves all over the shop. Yeah, but if the, if the Arsenal game is before the United game and there's a chance of getting Allison back for the United game, then I'd, I'd, if Allison needs the minutes, I get him into the Arsenal game. It's, 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 not, not, it's not. It's not. It's not. No, because we play Leicester this Saturday and then we have the the two week break and then we play United after the international break and I think maybe Arsenal is probably a week, ten days after that again. After that, yeah. well. Then if Allison is ready to go for the United game, we just put him straight in. Yeah, you, you'd have him straight back in, no problem. Well, it's, it's like like forgetting how good Adrian is doing and how well he's doing, right? Them seeing Allison on the team sheet walking out into Old Trafford is like that mental fuck up. It's like it's not just Van Dijk you have to worry about today. It was like, it's like the game with United when yeah. we played them and we thought we had to put it in in the really yeah. top top corner to get by him. 
Exactly, exactly. And all of a sudden he's not there and it's just like, it, it's almost like a white off your shoulder going, well, there's a chance to score these if we get a chance today. And that's unfair and Adrian because he's done so bloody well for us, like, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, John O says, uh, we got complacent versus Salzburg. It was too easy at times. Oh, I agree with you. I think the first 30 minutes Liverpool were flying. Uh, but he says some of the reactions are as unbelievable from some fans. They sound like spoiled children. Um, oh, I don't... Did you like your man Mini Moto? You know, the old... Oh, people are raving about him. Yeah. Uh, I, I, do you know what? I thought, um, once they made the tactical change they were really good very dynamic very fast knew what they were at really well drilled going forward you know you, you hear about teams being really well drilled at the back I think they were really well drilled going forward you knew where each other were a bit like Liverpool you know so but it's, I, I think John was spot on we did get complacent it was it was um, it was too easy at times and my, my whole takeover is you know complacency definitely there you have to snuff that out and against that even if you're not being complacent and you feel like the other team may be coming on to you just managing the game a little bit better that's what that's what I brought over you know the yeah. kind of way um, let me see Kevin Sullivan says that they got battered down in Cork um, who uh, is uh, Salzburg no the lads the all lads, right. all the lads in Cork <laughs> just a lot of the lads in Cork got battered but yeah uh, they were standing on a pier um, well, like nothing chips. better for them. Like, yeah. They choose to live in Cork. Like Cork is the only county now, that, we've, well, that we've offered to the UK as part of Brexit. Like they can take it if they want. Yeah, we've um, been trying to sell it off for years, and there's still no, there's still no chance. Nobody will take it. Like, yeah, is is um is Donald Trump's course down there? No, is that in well, Clare or something? His golf course, Donald Trump's golf course, it's down, down there. He'll he launch an investigation into it, it'll be grand. I'd probably just come on and say, I'm bringing a home with me. He's mad. <laughs> um, he's, he's hiding Jeffrey Epstein there, he never did. <laughs> Kevin Sullivan says, I'm sure Klopp will organise a behind closed doors game for Alison. He may do. Phil, uh, can we watch it? Uh, um, no, I, I think Carl is allowed to watch it. Because uh, Carl, <laughs> Carl is the man when it comes to uh, uh, behind closed doors friendlies. Yeah, Carl. Carl. Um, people don't know. People don't know. Carl. Uh, Carl is in our WhatsApp group. He refuses to do podcasts. He once put two comments in here that I didn't see, and he's never let me live it down. That was about three Actually, months ago. If, if anybody wants to hear what Carl sounds like, if they go into the Christmas special from 2015, mm. he guessed he was on that one podcast. Now okay. there's, there's one for them to go back into, right? Yeah. So it's, You'll have to scroll for about eight hours, but when you do get to it, it's a Christmas special. It took me 18 days to edit because yeah. there was that much stuff I had to cut out of it, right? Yeah. And, um, but Carl is in there. I think he answers two questions. Yeah. One was, will you get the door, Carl? <laughs> Someone at the door. <laughs> uh, but no, listen, um, you know, it's, it, Carl knows all I think, about I actually think one of the answers was, I don't know about that failure. I'll have to think about it and come back to you. Right. <laughs> Fuck off, Phil, basically. Um, Dixon87 says some of our fans need to be shown the Hodgson days. Yeah, we absolutely, some of them do. Um, but listen, there's no, there's, there's no problem with a little constructive criticism, I suppose. And, and, and to be honest with you, watching the things that happened in that game last night, I just thought easily fixed. Easily fixed. Stop losing yeah. the ball and stop trying yeah. to score every time you get it. The way I put a look at this is that if you go, if if you're as old as me and you remember the the zenith of the United days under Ferguson, which is say turn of the century and just into the the mid noughties that was there, right? And United fans used to give out about the choices Ferguson was making and how they were playing and things that were going on, but they always won and they always kept winning. And the great thing that we see at this moment is we're doing the exact same thing. And it's like, it was a dream. When, when I used to watch them, I, I used to go, so annoying. Even when you think those fuckers are dead, they somehow managed to get a win out of it. They somehow managed to get a result out of it. And we're doing this. It must be devastating for other fans to be looking at them. When are these going to be found out? Look, those teams are scoring. How are they not with, like, they're just so fluky and so lucky. It's actually great to be in that position now. And yeah, we're going to, we're going to, like, if we're not going to debate and talk about it, we may as well just turn all the podcasts and radio. What's the point in talking about it? Like, we have to talk about something. But I remember talking about fucking Balotelli being up front and Markovic and Downing. And was, 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 was better than Julian Dix, like? And, and like, there was Glenn Johnson. Um, Anna, you, 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 listen, I think you're a bit harsh on Glenn Johnson. Not the Glenn Johnson that existed from after the fourth season he ever signed for us. The fellow was incapable of understanding that people did come behind his back and always score behind him. And then when his, his legs fell off and he became a bit fat, he still thought he was running a 100 meter sprint like Ben Johnson and everyone just ran past him and laughed at him, right? Do you know what I mean? There's like, if you think back to 13 14, the collapse against Crystal Palace, Johnson and Skirtle were the equivalent of an even worse version of Trent and Gomez from the game against Salzburg. And anybody can go back and look, look at it and the fellas are just all over the shop. They haven't a clue what's going on. And there's like, there's a, there's a fella, there's a, one of the stewards 
runs past the two of them that, that quicker. Like they were just they're, they're rabbit in the headlight jobs. So seriously, so if people want to moan and give out, yeah, go back and look at that time. But like you're always fans always talk, always deal with the immediacy. They always deal about the present, and it's not about what happened before. When you're talking about a game, you don't think. Oh well, isn't it great? It's like this because I don't have to look at Joe Cole scoring the ball over the cup against Stoke. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, people uh, mixes. People are actually celebrating us nearly losing. We're at mad levels. We are at mad levels. And to stay at those levels, you have to look at what happened. And, and Klopp was quite open about it. He turned around and said, "Look, we lost the ball. Um, we lost it too easily. We lost when we shouldn't have, and we didn't recover properly." So listen, there's no doubt that Klopp's brought them in this morning, or you know, and said, "Listen, that wasn't good enough." You know, you won the game, but that wasn't good enough, and they'd be well drilled on it. And um, he'll have a he'll have a strong word. Dixon says, "Don't forget Varane and, and Engog." Yeah, he would. Um, if we keep winning, heads are gonna fall right off. Says Mick. Now, this is what I want. To, this is the last thing I want to talk about, Phil. Um, I want to talk about the Bears and Raiders, but go on, I mean. Oh yeah, I'll let you. I'll let you speak to them for uh, about a minute. Carl's asked you to ask you a question, but I genuinely can't ask it on the show, <laughs> right? I genuinely can't, because um, Carl has seen what's going on here, and he's asked the question, and I cannot ask it, Carl, right? I promise. Um, but the last thing I want to talk about is we have uh, we have Leicester United. I think it's Spurs Villa. Um, a home two two home two away in our next four games, and then it's a home, all right? I want to. Where do you feel we could be, Phil, after those four games going into the City game? And do you think rotation is needed through these four games, or do you think you might hold off again until we get over City and see where we stand? What would What do you think might happen? What would you like to see happen? I suppose. Well, I think we'd be in seventh by the time we get through all those games. Um, I think we're going to get docked points for um, the for VAR giving us too many goals, and I think. That um, I think at some stage the, the the trust falls off the stadium and we we end up down seventh. Okay, so that was that's um, Phil number three that answered that question. Uh, Phil number one and the non um, Ed Kemper Phil, uh, can can you tell me Phil realistically where you think we can be genuinely going into this game? What would you be looking for out of the next four and I suppose results and rotation using the squad? Here it is again. So we, it's, so it's 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 Leicester at home, United away. Yeah. It's then it's. But there's a two week there's a two week break between. Yes, yes. So let's start out of the way, right? Then, then we come back after the international break. I think it's United away. I think it's Spores at home. Villa away, and then and then we go into C. Right. So this is the toughest part of our schedule across the whole season, right? I'd agree. Um, I don't think there's. I don't think we get a run of games as tough in terms of facing lads who who you'd expect to see in a top six or actually in the top eight, right? I think it's probably fair to say because I'd expect now, given the way Leicester's performed under Rodgers, to be in this shake-up in this early part of the season between eighth and 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 third, if you know what I mean. So you know that 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 sort of area you expecting to be in. The Spurs thing always concerns me because. As much as we beat them regularly, they've always got the capability of doing a madness around us. Like you think about when we got absolutely annihilated in Wembley um, with Pochettino, right? So every now and then they do get their they get a one up over us, and like they hate us at this stage because we we beat them three times in a row last season. So to beat them again this season will be will be us looking to win four times on the spin, which is which is a, a big ask of any team. Um, the United game, I think we're overdue a win in Old Trafford. I think we're well overdue a win in Old Trafford in terms of in a big match and in this type of context. And we didn't beat them last year. And ultimately, if you if you want to, like they they celebrate that they stopped us from winning the league because they got a draw over us. Everton do the same thing as well, um, and Leicester do the same thing as well. So I think we owe Leicester and United a, a fucking hiding. I think we just owe them a hiding. I think we owe Leicester a hiding. I hate Jamie Vardy. I've seen this thing about Jamie Vardy about that he has the same stats as Ronaldo, right? And Where did you see that? It's on Twitter. Some some absolute balloons put up that they have the same amount of goals in the same amount of matches or so, something ridiculous like this, right? But it, it, it negates the fact that Ronaldo wasn't exact, wasn't a striker when he forced out for United and he did a, he brought a lot more to that team than just goals and he wasn't the out-and-out goal scorer until he went to Real Madrid anyway I can't wait to see Jamie Vardy at Real Madrid see how many goals he gets then um, but I, I like I like Brendan Rodgers right? I like him because he's 
he did a lot for us as a podcast at the start and not the, like didn't do anything for us but like he gave us loads to talk about and he, he took us to the absolute highs and to the absolute lows and he signed Ben Heskey and he made some mad signings and that, that's great stuff to talk about so I've got a lot to thank him for um, so as far as I'm concerned I hope we give them a hiding 10-0 right and then we go on to the United game and I only want us to beat United maybe 2-1 or 1-0 because I don't want Solskjaer sacked because I think that like is literally there's 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 a precipice here. They could become the Lehman brothers of football. You know what I mean? Like we're talking this big of a fall for United you know, if this keeps going on because like they have to they owe Adidas money if they finish outside the top four this year or something. So there's something mad going on there. Um and then we play whoever else we play, we play Spores then before we went to see the game. So I'd expect uh, if if we could get seven points scav from those three games, I think So you're so you're so from so you have yeah, you have Spurs, United, and Leicester. Leicester, and then Villa are in there as well. So it's it's Leicester, Leicester home, United away, Spurs at home, Villa away, and then we hit City. Yeah, so like the Villa game, I'd expect three points. So if you're taking, I'm taking those points, next four. You're you're saying ten. Ten points from those four going into the City game, we're going to be in a good place. So ten points, expect- ten points from there. If City win all the games, you're looking at a three point gap. Going into yep. the City game. Yeah, all right. And, and, and what about, all hinges on the City game. And it was the same as last season. And I think this is where, where these City games are going to become huge things. But I do think that City, if we drop two points over the run of those four games, City will drop two points over the run of those four games. So for us, it's imperative that we get three wins and a draw. And whatever way it falls, that's what we need to take out of those four games which is slightly more than two points but we're not going for Champions League football here we're going for the league so you need to be running at like two to two and a half points per match if you want to go if you want to win this league yeah it is it's two and a half points a game yeah to win the league you know um and people go oh two and a half points you can't get fucking two and a half points a game but look it's an average and and that's actually what it works out um Mick says he has a feeling Wolves might nick a draw against City on Sunday they've been in Turkey tonight Mick um a bit of a trip back for them. I I can't see it. I think they're going to run our legs fairly quickly in the season because it is Europa League run. Um, but I think the United one is huge. Like we we were we went there the last two seasons as favourites to beat them, and I think they do us two one, two two mm. one. I think, and then we draw. Is it nil all we draw last season? Wasn't it nil all? And like we should have scored about hundred. Yeah, goals. And they had to make three subs before half time, and and I yeah. think and do you know what? It's the and I know what you're saying. You know, you know, you're on the verge here, and Solskjaer is a mess and, and stuff like that. But it's more for us to be able to go there and 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 walk into into Old Trafford and go, we're the fucking business, and we're going to show you why. And it sends out a message to them. It sends out a message to Man City that we're going. We've upped it from last season because we drew there last season, and also for ourselves to go. Do you know what? We've put that right. You know, a, a bit like Leicester on Saturday, we need to kind of put right after the the, the result of one all draw last season because mm. Leicester will claim that one of those draws was 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 part of us not winning the league as well. So, so you're going to go ten points just on the rotation thing. Do you see him going full strength again for Leicester? Let the international break settle and then have a look at it again. I think he's no choice, but yeah. I don't think it's I don't think it's the right answer. I think he needs to make a change in midfield. Right, I do think he needs to make a change in midfield, particularly against Leicester, because. The onus is on us to win this game, right? Rogers is going to look at it and try play some type of counter-attacking football against us, knowing that we're going, and he's going to look to exploit the space where the where the the fullbacks are. So Fabinho, Matip, and Van Dijk are going to have to have to have a big game with Fabinho covering in between the two centre backs when when the two forwards are pushed on. But for, I, what I don't want to see is get stretched. We're going to have a lot of the ball, um, and I just think it would be good to have. A driving force in that midfield, an absolute driving force who can carry the ball and carry a goal threat as well. And so we've only really got two people. There's there's three in the squad who could probably fill that fulfil that function. That's Shakiri, Keita, and Ox. Right. Mm-hmm. And for me, Ox has very much like when he signed for us. He's been up and down, up and down, up and down, up and down. Right. Yeah. In terms of performances, Keita, like Keita is. A, I, I got slaughtered for saying this, and I'll, I'll stick by it till I'm blue in the face. Keita is a slightly better Joe Allen, but so far at Liverpool, he's been Joe Allen. He's been injured, had a, needed a couple of games to get up to speed, then got injured again, then needed a couple of games to get up to speed, and got injured again. And we've yet to see the explosive Naby Keita that we thought we'd signed, right? So, and that's not a slight on him, it's just, it is what he is, right? Um, 
but he does have that capability to carry the ball and torn players and link the top end of the midfield to the forwards but he does lose a bit in terms of the tactical awareness of what's going on behind him and then the Shaqiri who I think is a, a bit of a wildcat like you could he, we know he's been playing in the front three but I have a feeling that Klopp is being tr- sort of coaching them training them whatever way you want to put it to play as a, as an attacking prong in the centre mid as opposed to one of the, the, the three up top and then there is the wildcat the throw Origi in and maybe rest one of the front three and I'd say that because any time Firmino's being rested when he's come into a game he's been absolutely on fire and kick up the hole right um, do you rest Salah and just say give him a nod and say yeah no where do you rest him on the bench like you can't rest no, him on no. the pitch but. Oh, uh, yeah but what game would you rest him I've given you four games there where are you rest him Villa away because he's not no. resting him against Leicester and he's definitely not resting him at United I know, yeah, but like, I know, well, well, Villa away is definitely your, where you rest them, but you can't rest all of them for Villa away, and I don't, I don't think you can keep going through the same tree right the way through the season. So, I, for the Leicester game, I would rest one of the front three. I'd start, I'd start with them on the bench and have them to come in and change the game for us if, if needs be, but I wouldn't expect them to have to come in and change the game. And I'd start the Rigi. I'd start Derek, stick him in there and stick, I would probably stick him in there and play with Mane and Firmino in that front three and just get them all to rotate around like mad things and then have the option of bringing Salah off the bench and again it's just that little poke to say here up it yeah, yeah. I, I, know, I know that the only worry for me is when I find when Origi starts games I think he can start them quite well and and, and disappear quite quickly um, that's when you bring Salah on yeah here. yeah, that's a, fair, that's a fair point but I think we are forced into a change against Newcastle home and the front three with Origi included looked clueless to be perfectly honest with you mm-hmm. we had a lot of ball we were playing in front of them there was no interaction there was no kind of interplay you know those little one twos that you see or players kind of you know one goes left one goes right one yeah you know they're, they're moving all the time there was none of that it was very flat as a tree and um, manny didn't walk down the center you know that kind of way um but look it's it's one of those i i think um i think looking at it i i i genuinely believe um Leicester's become a bigger game because of the Salzburg thing last night. You know, mm-hmm. if, we'd have, if we'd have won that 4-0, you'd be going to Leicester bouncing, wouldn't you? And you go, yeah, we'd, we'd batter this. And, you know, Rodgers and, and whatever else and whatever else wants to are, are we Leicester away or Leicester at home? Leicester at home. We're going to, we're playing Leicester at home, but what I'm saying is, it, it, there's more made of it because of the Salzburg thing. If, it, if anybody has two tickets out there, would they let us know as well? Because we've got, Shawnee's looking for tickets. Yeah, Shawnee is looking for tickets. He's got let down by somebody that scammed him out of two tickets. Um, I've put it on Twitter. If anyone knows of anyone that may have two spare tickets, uh, will you please let us know? Um, mm. but I, that's I, you I, as well, Chris. Yeah, that, that's Chris as well, obviously. Yeah. Um, but you know what? It's, that that's a big one and to get into the international break I just think the United one is absolutely key it's absolutely key if we can go and win there and then we go we're home to sports I'm not worried over sports I think there's massive problems at that team I I, I get the feeling that signings have been made over his head that's where I get the feeling because I think there's a lot of dressing room and rest there. I think the sign is made over his head. I heard this. I heard this rumor. No, no, the, the rumor where the, the fella got a dig and he was with his missus and all. Will you stop? You know what I mean? That madness. But I, I genuinely just looking at it and the way he's talked about players and and the and the conditions he was walking in. That's that's something he mentioned. I think there's massive problems there. I think signs were made above his head. Um, and that's the way that's the way sports evolve as yeah right? I know like I know thing. that but you see the thing is right it was probably being operated like that and what's happened there is in my opinion is right Pochettino's come in there and he's gone he said to Daniel Levy yeah 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 everything's great and what happened was I think something was rumbling at the end of last season and he says if we win the Champions League I'd leave right and I think he meant that one to put a rocker up Levy but you won't do that Levy's a madman right and it didn't work for him and now it's it's backfiring on him and that little position of power he felt he had running to the Champions League is gone so I'm not worried about sports the United one is key Villa could be tricky depending on how they're playing they're quite decent I like your man McGee in the place with them. and then it's into City I genuinely believe Phil we can go into that and it's not me being fucking just insane I believe we will go into that City game 11 from 11 I hope we do, Gav. I hope we do, and like I, I, I'm completely backing it. But at the same time, if we drop points in there, I don't think it's the end of the world. So it's like you know, the, the league campaign is a marathon, not a sprint, and we will draw a game here. We might lose a game there. Like City have already done this, so they've like, lost and drawn, yeah. 
yeah, it's it's not to be feared. It's it's part of the run and what we're seeing. Maybe like there is a reversion to the mean, and this team, you know, has has been outperforming everyone's expectations across all of last season, and the expectations in the bar gets lifted higher. But there was always uh, at the start of the season, nearly everyone to a T expected the team not to reach the ninety-seven points threshold again. It was more a case of right, both teams are unlikely to get ninety-seven and ninety-eight. So, which one falls the furthest, right? And in that instance, it means that. There will be losses and there will be draws. And we've already seen it with City that there's been a loss and a draw. We've gone unbeaten and we've won every single game so far, which is like, it's, it's mad when you think about it. If we go and beat Leicester at the weekend, it's going to be mental. Like you, you get to the second international break and we haven't tasted a draw or a defeat in the league in so long. And like, this isn't just about the Leicester game. We haven't dropped points since last March. Yeah, no, it's, it's mad, like, and I think it gives us the chance then to go to United and, and is it equal to City's 18 games? Yeah. I think we equal it there and we can go and beat it at home to sports. Um, which is, which is insane. I know what you're saying as well though. You know, we can't afford to draw on a loss and then we're back to even with, with Man City. I always have three markers in the season, Phil. The 1st of December, the 1st of January and the 1st of March. They're always my three markers when it comes to the season because it's before you hit to the, the, the Christmas period. How did you do on the Christmas period and how have you kicked on and what position are you in for a title run in? Um, little thoughts on, on someone is, um, uh, asked me here and I'll ask this and we'll finish up with this Bernardo Silva um, the tweet uh, I don't know what your feelings are on the tweet um, whether they were racist not racist is it over the top is it ridiculous what is it but Ale by three asks if Bernardo Silva is out over this tweet is that another huge blow for City listen I'm, I'm hoping they suspend the whole team <laughs> You are all there when he sent the tweet, like yeah, and uh, like uh, look, whether it was racist or not racist, let's be honest about it. They've made an absolute clusterfuck of the way they've handled the situation. Yeah. Right? yeah. What's Bernardo Silva putting something on a social media platform anyway to send to his mate? Surely he would have just texted me. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or, or stuck it in the in the team WhatsApp group. Yeah. Didn't need to put it out. It didn't need to put it out there. Like you're putting yeah. out there. If you throw something out there like that. You're asking the vultures to peck at your carcass. And mm. it's not just the vultures, the hawks and everything are flying around ripping pieces of flesh off this. The whole thing for me at the moment, and I've, I said this to Sean, like away from the group, I said in the car, I said, this has a, has a real end of Guardiola field with this season. Like, he's gotten ratty with the press. He's getting ratty with the way people are asking questions. He doesn't like being questioned. He doesn't like being compared. He's, he's getting really snide. He's constantly at, talking about us, Phil. Yeah, he's, he's, he's constantly at, well, look what I've done since I've been here. Look what I've done since mm-hmm. I've been here. He got that way at Bayern Munich in his last season. He got that way at Barcelona when he was being questioned in his last do season. You know what, do you know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of, remember Mourinho was under, under pressure. Gaff, and he was coming they, in, they, he was coming to press they, conferences they, and they he was. They both, listen to me, they both live the Van Gaal mantra, right? They both do not believe in staying anywhere the more than three seasons and Van Gaal wouldn't stay anywhere the more than three seasons. And I can't remember which, um, of the great coaches from the 50s or 60s, it was his boy would never stay anywhere more than three seasons because the idea is that you build it, you deliver it and you fuck off while you're at the top, right? And that way you always maintain the belief that you're a top coach because the longer you stay around the more you have to try rebuild and you will go through a transition period and you won't look as powerful as you were before and you'll have to relearn what you do and you look at it and I'm saying I'm thinking to myself Guardiola is looking at Juventus or he's looking at PSG who has all the money in the league and will cakewalk to it and give him a chance to win the Champions League if he doesn't win the Champions League with City this year I fully expect him to leave I do as well Fully expecting to leave. Yeah, right? I do as well. And I, and I, I, I can. I think I'm, Juventus are forward planning here. Yeah, I think that's why the lit ended up there because there was no talk of him going there, and I think that was a forward plan. Yeah, like yeah, uh, because some, do you know, do you know what the funny thing is? Like, I, I, we're probably going on a bit fo- long now, but do you know what the gas was? Right, Vincent Company leaves Manchester City, right, and they're crying out for a centre back because for me, Otamendi isn't good enough. I think Stones is on rocky ground. With, Guardiola, uh, you know, they need a centre half. They lit a stand in there in front of them at 65 million and they have all the money in the world they can buy him and they don't. Um, I and when, when I, I seen him go, when I see him go to Juventus, I thought Liverpool might be in there for him. You never know. United want to be, maybe want him. You know, could a PSG want him? There was all talk, talk. And then all and of a sudden. And he doesn't fit 
how Juventus are trying to play at the moment. Right? No, I know Sarri but, is there, but that's, but, that's, he just, but that's the thing. He 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 goes to Juventus, and it's only a little while later I looked at it and went, and then all this stuff with Guardiola and kind of going. I think therefore we're planning for him. Mm. I think I think he may he may they may have approached Guardiola and he went no no no. Uh, you know, the, the word went out. Uh, who's the, isn't it, Mina Riola? Um, there was the rumours that he was, he was going to pack it in at the end of last season and go to manage Juventus. And there was, I remember there was, there was something put out there that he's verbally agreed a deal to take over Juventus next season. And to me, that's, that, that seems to be his logical journey path. He'll have done Germany, he'll have done Spain, he'll have done England. The next one of the big four is Italy, right? And then he's just left if he wants to go and have a bit of a laugh. With the, the Paris Saint-Germain, and um, FIFA Ultimate Team experience in, in France, like, you know what I mean? LA by Tree says the way City handled it was ridiculous. City players on social media was a disaster in the waiting. Well, um, they proved to be an absolute scumbag knacker of a club, so it's just <laughs> fucking hell, Phil. You nearly got there. You nearly got to the end where it was getting me in trouble. Um, apparently, in trouble. Like, do you not remember the, the, the playing and all that chanting and all that crap? Like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But listen, they're, listen, they're, that they're happens everywhere. Scumbag. And what I, what I feel sorry for is that uh, I've seen Sterling, and if you remember in pre season, Sterling came back for a friendly match or something like that and he's, he's he's a class act in terms of what he does and, and all that type of stuff and I'd say like he you know he's probably just going Jesus Christ I've spent the whole summer battling racism and all this type of thing and your man goes and does this like he's, I'm sure he's there going you fucking tick could you not just send that to him like why did you have to stick it or on or say it to him yeah or say know, it to yeah. him yeah and, and in fairness like Sterling got an awful lot of abuse over the, the I heard Guardiola is wearing his interview has getting to wear t-shirts and everything this weekend oh fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> uh, but no like the way he does that interview after the Everton game and you're kind of going well he's clearly being told to say this do you know what I mean his employers instructed him to do this because mm. Raheem Sterling of the summer who quite rightly and, and very well he done it very well stood up for himself and, and you know black people and racism in football he done it brilliantly he absolutely done it brilliantly um, to come out and do that it was kind of Jesus the club are really putting you in an awkward situation there Mick says apparently Van Bronckhorst is already on the payroll at City to be the next manager um, that'll be interesting if that ever comes yeah. about um, that's that, David Silva leaves this summer according to Kevin O'Sullivan yeah I can see that happening but look um, we have to leave it there we're going about 50 minutes we're taking the piss I have to go now and check on YouTube because they're claiming a copyright claim on us um, and usually when that happens I have to go and tell them no it's not and they go oh, oh, sorry about that is that because uh, of the song that was in the cop table yeah of course it was but listen the lads that um, the lads that uh the song belongs to have been told were informed that it was happening it always happens when I take a track and put it in yeah. there but it's just you know it's getting in the way of me uh, Chinese takeaway now I have to sort this out before I make me order so um, yeah look that's been the Fat Before Daily Phil 95% of you has been very well behaved and I'd like to uh, commend you for that Gav it was a joy and a pleasure to be on tonight I, I wanted to be on with Damo last night mm. um, but he was too busy doing a march around this evening with uh, Jim O'Doherty getting ready for Brexit alright ok I'll try to organise Trev the next time how does that sound yeah I told you I'm doing I'm doing my favourite serial killer this month uh, the corner with Andy and Trev when that podcast never happens alright well look I'll, uh, I'll get on to I'll get on to Trev and I'll see if he can juggle his busy schedule don't, to don't, get it. don't ring him during the daytime because uh, all vampires sleep during the day because they're allergic to sunlight yeah it's not going to be able to handle it right yeah, listen we're out, we're out of here that's been the Fat by Four Daily thanks for joining us Um, it's been a pleasure look, look up <laughs> look up the Irish cop for those uh, hoodies that I spoke to you about really good really good thing that they own there uh, yeah that's it over now Sports Social Podcast Network <laughs>